how can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word Hello, of everyone, life is Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Our guest tonight, another friend, originally from the Chicago area, now residing in the great state of Michigan, cinephile like himself, folks in the world of 007, where he hosts a co-hosts a podcast uh, based on James Bond films called Podcasting Them Softly. Tom Zielinski, welcome to Cinemental. Well, thank you, Steve. It's a real pleasure to be here and to have been invited. Really looking forward to talking with you and Hassan and Leigh about uh, cinema and Cinemental. So I'm I'm honored to be here. Um, so uh, since we didn't get to do it last week, we've got two weeks of suffering to catch up on. So uh, we better get started. Uh, Tom, would you like to play? Sure. A uh, couple things I did catch up or am catching up on in the last couple of weeks. I'd like to mention is I uh, uh, Banshee. It's now available on HBO Max. With, oh man, uh, Ivana Milicevic. And, uh, oh, well, yeah, she's gorgeous. But I, she, I, you know, I started watching Banshee and I got, I think, into either the second or third season. Maybe it was the second <laughs> season. And I just, I got, I got tired of too many things happening that were so contradictory to what the main character was trying to actually do. And he doesn't get called on him in the show. And then it's every time it's like literally every loud noise in the show is either somebody fucking somebody or somebody beating the shit out of somebody. It's like <laughs> every single episode is literally just fighting and fucking. I can't speak to that. I've only, I'm still only in the first season. I'd mentioned to my son that I'm watching Banshee. He goes, that's my favorite series of all time. So, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next couple of seasons um, and I'll, I'll get back to you, Steve, on okay, my great. thoughts, but I like the le- first four or five episodes I've seen All right. uh, Banshee. I never had Cinemax. I guess it's like eight years old. So it was on Cinemax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now was, it's available on HBO Max. Uh, somebody, then, somebody told me about it years ago and I was just right. like, what, where, where is that on? Yeah, you know? And they right. were like, Oh, it's on Cinemax or something. And like, I had never heard of it. And then like, it wasn't until the show ended and I saw it on DVD and like a Walmart. And I was like, Oh shit, this is that show that everybody's talked that it mm-hmm. told me about. So mm-hmm. who, who knew? Uh, the other thing I've been catching up on, I just watched an episode today on Netflix and it's really good. And it's very creepy is the serpent on Netflix. Have you guys heard about? I this heard one? it's great. Yeah, it's I heard, I heard really, really good. It's about it's set in the seventies. It's based on true events of just a, a murderer, uh, um, and he's got complex plans for these people he meets on the road, and he t- takes over their identity, steals their passports. They can't leave. He eventually kills a lot of them. Oh, uh, it's wow. it's it's really a cool, creepy show, and it's the best thing I've seen in a long while. So, The Serpent, um, okay. I'd recommend cool. that. Um, I'm all about that. Is it an R-rated? Is it a heavy R or like oh, yeah. a heart? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy R. Graphic, okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty graphic. The other thing I just watched, which I enjoyed more than I thought I would, mm-hmm. 
because it's got a great cast is I, I I've never seen it. The remake of a magnificent seven from 2016. It's oh, a lot wow. of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, yeah. it's very brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter, Peter Sarsgaard is the, uh, yeah. Is the, is the bad guy. He plays a good bad guy and uh, it's pretty brutal, but I recommended that show quite that film as well. I enjoyed it. Uh, great cast, as I mentioned. Then the other thing I watched recently, cause I was flipping by and I, I had seen it once or twice before is Deadpool. I'm not I'll, <laughs> full disclosure. And that the first one, full disclosure, I'm not a big fan of comic book ser- superhero movies. So, I, I yeah. so points, points against me for that, I suppose, but oh, no, really, points for you points for I, you. Then. I, I like Deadpool because it just like kind of guardians of the galaxy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It laughs at itself. I like I, the first Thor. What was it? 15 years ago, 12 years ago, the first Thor, I found slow moving and took itself. It was so self-important. It totally lost mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And so I, I'm not a huge fan of the comic book ser- superhero films with so much CGI. either. you know, all the explosions at the end. It's very, it's very uh, derivative to me. And I, I, I find I'm bored, but I would say Deadpool is one to watch and, and guardians of the galaxy. If you guys like yeah. those De- Deadpool might be the least reverent film of all time. Mm-hmm. He's de- definitely high on the list, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big superhero uh, movie guy. Uh, I'm a big fan of all of the, what Marvel has, has managed to put together. Uh, and the Deadpool films, even though done by Fox uh, are there other, are, are really there. I think their kind of shining moment uh, of what they've been able to put together they really they and, I, and a big part to Ryan Reynolds, uh, I think that is the success of the Deadpool films leans squarely on his shoulders. And I would watch anything with Marina ba- Baccarin. Is that yeah, Marina Baccarin is fantastic. Yeah, she is fantastic. Did you guys see her in Homeland a few years ago? Yes. Yeah. First yeah. first season. She's fantastic. One of my favorite actresses in it. What she was in. What was it? Firefly too. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's what I've seen recently. Okay. Did you see Godzilla versus Kong yet? Uh, I did not, and it's not on my list to be. It's not on my radar. <laughs> on my list, to be honest. You know what? That's okay because Stephen Hassan have watched it for everybody. Oh, there you go. Perfect. At this point, so <laughs> fair enough. I'm proud I'm of glad. it. Thank, thank you, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Hassan. Yeah. Thank you. You're, You're welcome. welcome. If you ever get, Thanks you know, so if you ever much, get an right? hour and forty-five minutes that you just got nothing else to fill time with, a good giant monsters beating each other up is never a yeah. Thing. All right. So you can probably fun. fast forward through the first. 35 minutes well there's one good fight scene and that just watch the whole thing anyway uh i just like to see the monster cut of that movie that's 40 minutes long and right. just them beating the chevy each other you can eliminate millie bobby brown and all that other garbage which means nothing yeah so. uh, the humans are definitely the weakest part of the film that's that's hands down the the main the main thrust of that story i think it's just there's there and there's one character in there who's so unlikable from the minute they appear on screen that you're just like when they die you're just you feel absolutely nothing for them you're well that's like, the problem you're, you're just like eh, okay anytime anyone dies you know the only one i cared about is when that only one character died. who just that's really it. is despicable anyway um you think the hot chick is who he's talking about Latham? <laughs> no he was talking about damien bashir right no i don't know who are you talking about i'm talking about ac gonzalez yep i thought so her, her character oh, yeah, her well, character yeah, I mean, her character is absolutely pointless oh it's absolutely yeah she's just eye candy it's ridiculous and she's not even eye candy wow well, uh, yeah. 
Wow. Look what I started. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. She's at least anyway. a lemon ball or a, oh, uh, you know, a Brock's. She's a hot tamale. We're on a weird <laughs> tangent right now, folks. You're welcome Indeed. to come or leave. So uh, I started off two weeks ago with a, a, a terrible. Okay, Tom, uh, hold on. Tom, are you comfy? You yeah, are you relaxed there? Oh, yeah. oh, we're, I see. Okay. we're about to embark on a journey, Tom. Okay. And I, I'm also one, saving my hundred words, too. Yeah. So. One, one last thing, too, Stevie. Have you watched the episode of Black Mirror yet? Oh. I have not. Okay. Oh, you, and you know what? That's I, one of the I, best shows, series. Just go ahead, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Tell us about all the other shows you watched. Then. Black Mirror is awesome. There's lots of stuff I haven't watched, Latham. You know that. No, you've. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe you that. don't believe that there's lots of stuff I haven't seen. I do I not a, believe I have, that. No, I have a I new list of stuff. Is, you I have, have a new now list of watched stuff every more than there not, is yeah. than what there isn't. Not by your point. testimony, Steve. There's there doesn't seem yeah. to be a yeah, lot I mean, that you have not seen. All right. All right. <laughs> so I start I started off with a mirror when you've watched Troll 43 and fucking Friday the 13th 89 is just beyond me. But go ahead and tell us. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that uh, you feel that uh, it's 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 your right to put your your feelings about a piece of art above my feelings about. So you don't art, so. know about that piece of art. That's you right. Watched it yet? And but I still have it, my own say, feelings oh my God, about it, and I'll get to it eventually. I'll get to it eventually. But I'll get to it. Black Mirror has my endorsement for what it's worth. I, every you, everyone I know who's ever watched it, Tom, has liked it. I, I, I have no doubt that it's good. I'm just. You know, and I'm not going to dive into it and not, you know, well, okay, Hassan gave me shaky hands. <laughs> it's but. an anthology series. <laughs> okay. and some some episodes are, yeah. are weaker than others. It's got its, but, right. it's got its flaws. You know, it's, yeah. it's, hey. it's mostly good, but it's got its, it's got its detractors. I, I'd love to hear what they Fair are. points, Hassan. <laughs> so I started off with a absolutely terrible uh, 70s horror film called contamination uh moved into a very uh, actually a pretty interesting uh documentary about the making of pet cemetery um the original where they went back to the town ellsworth maine where they shot pet cemetery and they talked to a lot of the people who were still around who were there for the shooting of the film all the locals that they used what was that called uh, uh, it's called uh, this movie sucked. <laughs> it's called Unearthed and Untold: The Path to Pet Cemetery. It's on Amazon. Oh, okay. And then uh, I watched uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven on Netflix. Very good. Very good. Uh, very good. I was, I was, you know, I, I, I know, I knew the story well enough that I, that I didn't need my handheld going into it, so I knew what was coming, but um. Uh, Sorkin did a great job uh, first time out as a director. Uh, you know, just a really, really nice job. I watched the 89, I'm sorry, 59 Hammer film Hound of the Baskervilles with uh, Peter Cushing because uh, I'm slowly filling in the holes in my in my Hammer library that I've missed. I watched a um, Amazon production of a, uh, a film called uh, the Ins- uh, An Inspector Calls with, uh, with David Thewlis. Wow. Oh which is about uh, this uh, this inspector shows up uh, during a family dinner party to inform them that this person has died. And as it goes through <clears throat> the course of the evening, you find out that every single member of this family had contact with this person over the course of a period of a year or two years. And 
everything led up to he was able to kind of key in and all led up to the to her eventual death. It was really, really well, well, kind of uh, paced out and told. What's it called? Uh, An Inspector Calls. That's on Amazon as well. Uh, so then uh, I watched Godzilla vs. King Kong, which uh, when it dropped last week, which led me directly into going back and rewatching the 2014 Godzilla, the 2017 Godzilla King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island. I forgot to mention I did watch the original King Kong again right after Kong and, and which weird, strange. The 33? Uh, yeah. 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 Fay Ray. Uh, holy that, shit. That still works. <laughs> yeah. That's that scream, baby. <laughs> yeah. It stands out. Um, I rewatched Suicide Squad because I, I, I remembered watching it and I remembered feeling meh about it. Um, and now I know why um, <laughs> it's got it's got some it's got some issues. It's got, and the whole air cut thing is forget it. I, there, there's the, the problems with the movie. I don't think would be fixed with an edit. I think the problems with the movie are structural and how he approached the story to begin with. So I think that I don't think that the changes he would make in his own reversion to another edit would make the movie better in my eyes. But again, who knows? Well, Mr. Uh, yeah, but they're not doing it. Perhaps. So, you know, it doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. They're not. They said they weren't doing it. You know? No, I know. I know. So, I mean, I'm just was, saying, you, that, you know, to... people talking about the air cut, whatever. Miss Robbie is one of the most beautiful women on the face of the earth. So she's worth the film's worth <laughs> just to see her in it. She's it's funny. Her, her, uh, her, her Harley is, is so popular. And yet every movie that Harley's shown up in has not been good. You know, has been. Yeah, I've all, I almost watched Birds of Prey and I just, I just didn't, I didn't jump in. I just, I didn't have the time to focus on one while watching that. So, um, so I watched a another documentary, which I don't know if you guys know about this one called Who Are You People? No, uh, it's uh, they go back to the little town in uh, little town. They go to Mobile, Alabama. It's a documentary because uh, that's where they shot Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And basically they do the same thing as that Pet Cemetery documentary. They just talk to all the people from Mobile in that area who were around and like who Spielberg and the film company and Columbia Pictures came into contact. And like, like there's a whole backstory, like Mobile was like this town that was sort of, you know, really midsize running city, you know, not like a big city at all. And then uh, the city, you know, the, the state backed Barry Goldwater that year and Lyndon Johnson won and they shut down the air force base in mobile as like, you know, as a penalty clause. And basically that, that, that air force base employed like 28% of the town. So it's like all of a sudden, like their unemployment rate went like 30%, you know, like, like through the roof of like, it was just an unreal event to take place. And that they almost lost the city. I mean, the fact that it's a coastal town is one of the only things that was able to save it. Mm. And then based, so basically when they wanted to go and shoot close encounters, they didn't want to shoot in LA and they ended up, there were two absolutely immense airplane hangars on the air force base that were still there. And so the producer, the whoever their their location people had found these airplane hangars and were like, "Hey, can we rent these?" And then the town was like, "Yeah." So basically, Columbia Pictures moved into Mobile, Alabama, for like six or seven months and like completely built all these sets and stuff. Um, it's hysterical because like there was a woman, and the I mean, there's like no 
in the documentary, there's like no stars of the film. There's no Steven Spielberg. There's no Dreyfus. No, none of the actors, none of the production people. It's literally all just the locals from Mobile talking about like the effect it had on the town and like, you know, like hanging out with these people and like people who were kids back then and had little little walk on parts and a bunch of the locals who who they hired to to play the aliens and, you know, had their alien suits on and stuff. A lot of really great behind the scenes photo stuff that people had nobody's ever seen before because these were all in people's private like private photo collections and and uh, just some some really, really fun stuff in that. Um, I got to catch that documentary. Thanks for that. I and I haven't seen Close Encounters for too long. I gotta, I got to rescreen that one as well. So thank you. Yeah, these guys, Look these guys to... down below here are, are are big Close Encounters fans. So I thought oh, they sure. might uh, they might enjoy it. What but, service uh, was that on? Latham seems nonplussed. Um, uh, I believe it was on Amazon. I know the whole story, so you know. I mean, these people. Oh well, I'm I'm sorry to waste your time. Though. Well, no, I don't waste my time. I don't know what these people are going to add that would be. I don't know. Okay, then all right. Then I'm I'm not, I'm not saying you have to watch it. Don't no, watch no, it. That's I'm fine. Just, I don't. You know. I just thought it was really interesting. It was fun to see, like, the, the, there was a woman and two of her friends who were basically hired to break down all the sets, and it took them like eight weeks to destroy all the sets that were left behind in like these in these two airplane hangars, and like a bunch of the people like took parts of like the sets and turned them into like mobile homes and stuff. So it's <laughs> like, you know, those module pods that were like at the backside of the landing site in the, you know, on the backside of the tar- devil's tower that they had set up. Those are like, they've like welded them together and made mobile homes out of them. Oh but that front, that front angle faced piece with like the little code number on it is still exactly the same, but they're like, you know, some of them are dented and a little rusty now, but it's like, it's like That's people cool. took like pieces right off the set and just made like them into homes. <laughs> it was just, it's really cool. funny to see. Anyway. What's the name? Of this? Why uh, can't I find it? It's called who are you? Oh, people? I see it now. Okay. Uh, and I watched a documentary call or not document. It was a quasi documentary. I, I almost didn't stick with it because it's all re it's almost all reenactment. And those kind of documentaries bugged the shit out of me. It was called The Creep Behind the Camera, and it was about this guy who basically was just a tremendous piece of shit who managed to wrangle his way into talking a guy into giving him money to make a monster movie in the 60s in and around Hollywood. And it's just this horrible story of how how big of a dirtbag this guy was. And Ed Wood wannabe? Kind of, but Ed Wood still had a, a sense of... I mean, he was serious about his filmmaking oh definitely and this guy at the end of the day doesn't really seem that way i see he doesn't have that purity to him or that focus uh i watched an old tommy lee jones movie that i that i remember liking called in the electric mist uh that had kind of a that the, what i had what i'd forgotten to have is a really weird twist ending to it and then i watched a mediocre hong kong action film called sky on fire I watched Highlander 2, the renegade version, oh, which Hassan sorry. and I briefly oh. discussed. I had never seen it. So, uh, and then did I you worked... like the first one. I just screened the first one. We did a podcast. Oh, the first uh, one's on the, the first, first one's brilliant. For Frank I love Connor's the first one. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. I love the first film. The second film is, is not uh, good. <laughs> second film is not brilliant. <laughs> no, yes. Not, not, not quite so brilliant. And then, uh, then finally, Yesterday, I watched uh, a trio of documentaries. One of them was called We Work 
the rise and fall of an internet unicorn um, about the company we work and how it was built up in a, in a very short period of time from basically an idea to being valued at over $20 billion. And then literally in a six week period, it lost all of its value. Oh boy. Uh, just an amazing, amazing story of, of modern uh, tech boom and internet bust. And then I watched a, a documentary that I've been wanting to watch and haven't been able to find a copy of for a while, but uh, John Schnepp's what happened to Superman lives, which is the story of the Tim Burton, Nicholas Cage, Superman movie that never really came together. Um, oh, okay. I've seen that. Very That's good. That's a good one. It's a good documentary. Yeah. Um, I knew John, uh, he yeah, had done some art for us in some of our books and I, I had met John a few times. Uh, super nice guy, super uh, supporter of the world of comics and fandom. Really sad uh, what happened with him. But run you know, really great documentary to check out if you are at all interested in that. I mean, the, and the concept of Nicolas Cage in the Superman outfit is just kind of amazing. It's weird that they thought uh, that that would work. You know, it's just right. It's out there. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, and then I watched a movie called Survival of the Film Freaks, which was a documentary about what about cult films uh, and kind of what makes a quote unquote cult film. It's kind of fun. Uh, a bunch of the guys in the movie, if you've seen any documentaries about horror films in general, there's a few faces that are that are that pop up that you're pretty familiar with. And, uh, you know, the 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 filmmaking world. And then I watched the, uh, the movies that we're going to discuss. So now television <laughs> up to two weeks ago, uh, I finished, we finished, uh, we finished just a French series on Netflix called the chalet again, really, really uh, twisty story, but pretty good uh, all the way through uh, good ending. Uh, we went right into a finished series called the Valhalla murders, which was, okay but mostly unsatisfying ending uh watched another finished series called equinox which was dynamite really cool um sort of got a bit of a a wicker man midsummery angle to it you know that kind of old school pagan witchcraft kind of leaking into modern time uh but really good um, continuing, I'm continuing through Ripper Street. We watched the first episode of Peaky Blinders. Uh, Deirdre didn't dig it, so I will be watching that on my own. It's a fine series. Yeah, and then uh, I see right now we just started. We're three episodes into a new French series called The Break, which is another, uh, another uh, detective moves to a small town in Belgium. Uh, thing a lot of, i've been telling these guys tom there's a ton of really really good foreign television um series stuff that netflix has just loaded in in the last probably three or four months um especially from the french side just some really really great stuff there's a really good series called black spot if you get the time and uh and inclination uh and i would recommend i would recommend listening to it in the language and and watching the subtitles just because the, the I will, I, I will look for it. Thank you. I uh, I do watch quite a bit of BBC content or English content, um, but you've mentioned a couple French documentaries and, and films that you've recently seen in series. Yeah. So I'll, I'll look for those things. There's a lot. Yeah. A lot of really, really good stuff on Netflix these days. Are they dubbed? So, 
they have dubbed versions available, but I, I just found that watching them dubbed, the, all the emotion goes out of it, and I can't do it. I gotta, I got I have to read them and listen. Subtitles the way to go. Yeah. yeah, I just unfortunately have to. I just, I, I just, I, I series, I, I, I tried it with the same show and watching an episode dubbed, and then watching the same episode again with the original language and subtitled. It felt so completely different that I just, I can't watch it dubbed. It's like the dubbing is so is so flat. It takes all the emotion out of everything that's going on on screen, which is too bad because I would like to be able to just you know watch and listen. But you know, I'd, I'd much rather enjoy the show presented the way it's supposed to be. So, anyway, with yeah. So uh, that ends our suffering. Now here's the thing: I did not realize. Um, when we were going into these that we were watching, we were, we were going to be watching the sequel to uh, close encounters. I didn't know that uh, Roy Neary had returned to earth and, <laughs> and just started and gambling looked, and, and looked back up with Terry Gar and yeah. just made just, some bad decisions and apparently sold their children. And right. um, well, they're grown up enough. Yeah. You know. <laughs> they were emancipated and went off on their own. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, fuck this family. <laughs> From there, we will move into Tom's uh, guilty, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure, yeah. Uh, second film pick. Uh, and that would be Let It Ride. Excuse me, I'm taking a survey. What do you like? Horse number two. The horse. The one horse. I always bet on five. Up yours. Thank you. Richard Dreyfus is Jay Trotter. A man with nothing to lose, but an uninterrupted losing streak. I don't deserve this anguish. There's a horse in the third race. The man just said that the only way this horse can lose is if lightning strikes. What do you like? You like the odds on lightning? I mean, really, I don't see why you people can't just watch the horses run around the track uh, and not bet on them. But what's happening to him today? Yeah! God, Trotter, you won! Is one? I can't believe it! For the books. Because when Jay Trotter wins... What do you like in the third, huh? He takes the world. Seven horse. Yeah! Along for the ride. Richard Dreyfus. God likes me! David Johansson. I can't see I'm going blind! Terry Gar. It's only money. Let it ride. Oh, you're a wonderful guy. <laughs> what a guy. From 1989, directed by Joe Pitka, with a running time of 90 minutes. A degenerate gambler has one unbelievable day at the track as Lady Luck smiles down upon him. But will it hold out through the last race, and will he, in fact, let it ride? Tom, why? What, what do you love about Let It Ride? Well, <laughs> I love the cast. It's Richard Dreyfus at his 1980s manic best, probably a little bit cocaine-fueled. But he's just <laughs> over the top in this film. And he's, I just have a smile on my face through it all. I, I, I love the cast. It's got Robbie Coltrane, who's a lot of fun. Uh, David Johansson of the New York Dolls plays his best friend. It's just, it's, it's just Terry Gar, Jennifer Tilly, Michelle Phillips. There's a line in the film where the Richard Dreyfuss character meets the uh, Michelle Phillips character in, in the club at the horse track. And I'm a, I like to bet on the horses, so this kind of resonates with me that way, too. But he sees her, and she's an attractive older woman. Um, and he says to her, may I buy you a drink? And she says, and I always laugh at this, 
I don't see why not. I'm on the pill. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a That's great the one line. time I laughed out loud in this movie. It's a great line. And then Jennifer Tilly is the ditz and she's beautiful and in this film and she's wearing this tight red dress throughout. And she goes at one point, she says, was, somebody remarked on her legs. She goes, I have very, very long legs. They go from the floor all the way up to my ass. <laughs> so That's I right. just laugh on. It's, yeah, it's, it's really well done. Um, it's it's uh, based on a on a book by Jay Conley, who also wrote Quick Change, which is a fun film. If you've not seen, highly it, underrated, highly underrated, and Funny Farm with Chevy Chase, which I just saw, oh. recently saw. I like both of those. I like both of those films. Oh, and oh, then oh. this the screenplay uh, by Nancy Dowd, who also did the screenplay for Slapshot, great screenplay, as well as Coming Home with John Voight and. Yep. and uh, mm-hmm and miss fonda um i just i just have a smile on my face all through this everyone looks like they're having a lot of fun it makes me laugh there's so many lines in it that make me laugh when after she says i, I don't see why not i'm on the bill he goes rum <laughs> <Just so, laughs> so whenever not whenever but occasionally i'll at a party or to borrow to say rum <laughs> <laughs> and nobody gets it <laughs> yeah exactly um and then uh i when he's winning richard dreyfus's character trotter plays a down and i broken down horse player they're referred to often and he's on a winning streak for this day and he's making deals with god and he's won a couple races and uh <laughs> he's up he's betting crazy now what people think is crazy and he's up i don't know 60 grand or something and i think it's looney his friend goes he's gonna piss it all away he says to yeah, the yeah. Crowd. that's a great line i just love <laughs> the approach in this film to just having fun and i'd love to hear your thoughts on it my guilty pleasure i don't think it's a great film but i i, I will watch it 10 more times and that that is the literal definition of how we describe this category uh, as a second film pick for people. And uh, some people come in with legitimate films like this that they just absolutely love for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, and and the, the chips fall where they eventually do. And uh, others choose to use it as a platform to pair up a couple of films, you know, maybe lesser, maybe greater, but still films that they both like. I had seen this i think in bits and pieces over the years or i'd seen pieces of it before i don't know that i'd ever seen it start to finish all the way through um so this was a this was a first time viewing for me all the way through on this um i there were some things that were familiar as i was watching the film but <laughs> not my not my cup of tea uh you know i i there, like you said, I think that every one of the film, Alan Garfield, you didn't mention, but Alan Garfield oh, yeah. just in his little part of uh, as uh, uh, Mo Greenberg or whatever his name is. Every one of the movie does fine. I love David Johansson. I, sure. I, I love the fact that the, the movie role previous to this, he played a cab driver and was Scrooged, you know, and it was, it was right. immediately preceding this film. The director only has directed this film and Space Jam. Pitka, Joe Pitka, right? Those are his... So weird. Uh, those are his two his two film credits um this movie went straight to video cassette uh without a cinema release in a number of markets and territories um and i think that's probably just a product of the time and that i'm sure maybe a lot of foreign markets it, may, it maybe wouldn't have made sense in, in, a lot, in a lot of foreign markets um i just don't know that the coverage would have been there necessarily i don't know how big a horse racing outside of the u.s and uh like the united arab emirates 
horse, I don't know how big like horse racing is in like, you know, Germany or, or Sweden or anywhere else. So I don't know how, how, how much that would be. Um, the high point of this movie for me, absolutely is Robbie Coltrane um, as the, as the betting window clerk. I mean, just, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big role, you know, cause you don't see him until what, almost a half hour into the movie. Sure. Um, but then as he keeps coming back and the first time you see him, he's so dismissive Yes, and it's so great as it, that the, I mean, his arc might be the best arc of any character in the movie just because of how, how he goes. And, and by the end of the movie, he's got literally everyone in the entire place rooting for him. Like, come on, just give it to him. He, yeah, let the little guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to tell my grandkids about you. Yeah. <laughs> great line. Great line. Uh, but yeah, I it, it's it's fine. I'll never watch this again. Uh, I just it's not it's not my cup of tea. But I've seen it now, and I could say I've seen it. So if somebody asks me, yeah, I, I like I said, they're like that line with the uh, "Why not? I'm on the pill." That's like like Latham said. It's like that 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 is a standout moment because you're just not expecting that retort at all. Not even just because of where he's at, but who it's from, and just the whole situation, and to have her just come back so flatly, and then you realize, I know exactly where I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just uh, it, this is a yeah, this is just another '90s or late sorry late '80s early '90s the. Uh, uh, mediocre comedy to me uh just not 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 rough in my wheelhouse or not ready in my wheelhouse really but um it was cute i you know i, I it was fun to watch it so i appreciate that uh hasan uh, um I've, I've seen it before uh in 1889 i think the movie came out so i was a kid when i saw it and probably on hbo i never saw it in the theaters or anything like that i like richard dreyfus i'm a big Richard Dreyfus fan or early Richard Dreyfus later Richard Dreyfus is, is a little different. I grew up with people like this, so there's a little <laughs> bit of uh that that affected you know my my appreciation of it a little bit, specifically you know someone who's constantly convincing themselves that they're you know that they're on a winning streak that they're you know there's I got to gamble today because today I could be lucky today. You know, the, 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 you know, I, if, if you don't gamble, you don't realize that you've, you've had a lucky day and your luck passes you by. I've, I've known people who've audibly used that logic. So there's also, there's a weird thing. The entire movie is smoky. <laughs> like if you watch the film, there's like, it's filtered through oh, this. Everything's yeah. got this smoky sheen to it. Even when he's in the um, in the in the VIP lounge or whatever they call that, whatever that, yeah, that, club, that right. it's just I don't know. I didn't pick up on that, but I, I do. There's smoky when he's in the everything the bar is world. like everything is smoke filled. Oh, take a look again, and it's just because I will be watching. It made me like <laughs> it just made me wretch a little. Like, oh, come on, how can you even breathe in there? I did. I uh. I, I did like. I did like that he was winning and he, and then they kept that, you know, spoiler, they kept that consistent all the way to the end. I, I did like that. They didn't end the story with him losing, with pissing everything away yeah. and then losing. I know the joke is he's going to piss it all away, but I'm glad that he didn't do that. I liked when, when Terry Gar came into the, the, 
the VIP lounge beat the shit out of him in front of everybody, you know, and and they all laughed at her. Like, why can't you just watch the horses go around? And they all laughed. <laughs> and everybody's just like, it was like an <laughs> ironic <laughs> chuckle too. Like, oh, you silly little girl. Yeah. But only get it, it was weird. Like the movie, I, I I don't really require the movie to have a point, but the movie kind of very purposely doesn't really have a point to it. You know, it's just this guy. We're just we're just catching up with this his bum on on the luckiest day of his life you know one magical yeah. day <laughs> you know, like she says why don't you just give me a little bit of the money like just just a bit of it and i'll just put it in my purse and then we could just i, I like where he's won like 1200 bucks which is a lot of money to him and he's okay rent yeah. flowers from I've a got, wife i've got nothing that. And he goes, I'm broke. Yeah. I'm broke. Yeah. And he yeah. just won that, was, that was with the $69,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was it? Okay. Because yeah. well, yeah. he said, like, he's 12 months rent. Like, he was going to pay his rent for a year. No. And, uh, <laughs> so then yeah. he let it ride again. And, they, you know, by the time, and, you know, the 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 sequence with uh, Hagrid and he's, uh, and he's popping pills <laughs> by the end of, uh, you know, by the end of the oh, film, right. he's popping pills and they were, yeah, letting, letting him into the uh, the money room so that they can give him the special winning ticket, you know, the special ticket so that he, they didn't have to print out all the $50 tickets. Right. And the, and the chic is in there yeah, crying. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. That I was think funny. you're right, Steve. The uh, Robbie Coltrane is just great in this. He's having so much fun. And the one scene where Dreyfus musses up his hair, and he's just, he's just enjoyable to watch. He's like fun to yeah. watch. So he's perfectly cast. And I'm yeah. surprised he took a small role, but good for you, the- Robbie. The, like one really other, the one other shot in the movie that I really liked was the when, when he when he's down in the stables right before the last race and the horse you know he sees the horse and it winks at him winks and he's at just him. like and he just goes yeah like I like his I like his personal work? security guard he was like I have perfect peripheral oh, vision yeah. <laughs> I can see everything I, I've been blessed with, <laughs> I don't blink I can see <laughs> my ears <laughs> <laughs> but you know like the so I mean it's it's in a, it didn't wasn't a successful film i you know i don't i don't remember when i saw it i do remember the line even from when i was a kid like the, the god likes me line you know god likes me he really oh, yeah. likes me yeah <laughs> i appreciate the movie i think it's you know i i think it's got a lot of good sort of degenerate humor in it like you know people who are who are down and out and who are going to stay down and out you know and they have that they have that particular outlook like there's a lot of really there's a lot of really seriously sad jokes in it, you know, like with the with his friend like selling blood, you know, and he's sitting in there, you know, giving up blood, like right. smoking while he's, you know, and uh, even uh, you know Cynthia Nixon, who's you know who seemed like she oh, yeah. was the clean cut, uh, you know, girlfriend in the yeah. beginning, and by the end she's like, she's like. She's just handing over the last two hundred dollars. Yeah, Stargazer. She's all yeah, she's as degenerate yeah, as she's, a mall, she's right? all twisted and pissed off. And then they all they all pray for him at the very end, so that they, you know he gets like ah, oh, just let him have this day. You know, let him let him finish out his day. <laughs> yeah, let yeah. the little yeah. guy win. That's like it was up to them. Right. He's an okay little <laughs> guy. I yeah, it's um, I, I I think it's a good movie. It was I enjoyed watching it, but the problem is it, it hit really close to home on a lot of things. So <laughs> it, it kind of got in the way of me, like really like laughing out loud at some of this stuff. Cause I've just, I've spent and like Raheem who was, who's been on the show. He worked at OTB for 20 years, you know, like he's so, 
you know, we know these people <laughs> and they're, okay. and they're oh, yeah. not a lot of them, you know, not the, the casual people, the date, the day trippers, the people who go there on a, re, you know, on, on uh, recreationally, those are normal people. The people who live in places like that, they're not great people to be around on a regular basis. So right. I'm sure, you know, but I, I liked it. It was a good movie. You're right that it didn't make it, it had a budget. I'm just looking 18 million budget to, to, produce and then only did five million at the box office but i think it's well it's part of because part of, of what you said it was it came out uh it was straight to direct to video right so straight yeah to video, it didn't even yeah. have a theatrical oh that's run. right there was no box office really but i think it's caught on i mean it's still run on cable and uh, that i've seen and i think it's got somewhat of a slight cult following which i am part <laughs> of <laughs> lay what what do you think I think the trick with this movie is once you realize it's not so much a comedy as it is a slice of life movie, that's how you can enjoy it more. I mean, I kept waiting for jokes and wasn't laughing that much, laughed out loud, you know, at that one. And then I started realizing they're just focusing on all these supporting people for what should be throwaway lines, but they're not throw throwaway lines, especially Cynthia Nixon and, you know, when they go to the blood bank and, and j- just stuff that has to do with betting. And if you're someone who's a gambler or someone who goes to the track, I mean, this movie is just going to resonate with you because it it grabs all, I don't want to say cliches, but all the stuff that happens when if you're someone that goes to the track a lot. And I, I haven't been that person, but I've been around people like, you know, Hassan said too, that are like that. And it's almost like, the director or writer is just trying to speak to those people and say, Hey guys, here's a movie for you. Here's a movie about some guy who hangs out at the track and is waiting for that big day. And there's all kinds of things that he, they break the fourth wall in the movie when he looks at the camera, when he's talking to what's her name and he just looks at the camera. And I'm like, I knew, I almost like knew that was coming that at some point he was going to throw that in. Mm -hmm. And that tells me the screenwriter is very aware of what he's trying to do here and what he's, you know, what he's trying to say. And I would bet a billion dollars that the screenwriter has spent many days at the horse, at the track, horse yeah. track. And, oh, yeah, and, absolutely. and there's so many little things from that life that are in the movie where you're, you're happy. You want to bet. So you're kind of dancing away from the betting window and <laughs> you try and find some logical justification to bet your next horse. Like he goes and asks all the people, who do you like? And then he takes the one horse no one likes. That kind of stuff feels real. It's all real. So as I was watching it, I wasn't laughing that much, but it grew on me. And by the end, I, I don't, I won't say it's a great movie, but I, I, I really like that he won that last bet at the end. I think it would have been lesser of a movie if he had lost that. I think that was really cool. And, you know, where he says, I'm just having a really good day. That's that's what betting is all about is what you you lose almost all the time. But then you have that one day and that day feels greater than everything else put together. Even your okay days. It's just the greatest thing when you hit that lucky streak and nail everything. And they nailed that life or that mindset really well with this movie. All the actors are great. Um, It's you know, I, I, I admired it for trying. I think there's some stuff that doesn't work, but it sure feels real while you're watching it. And I, uh, you know, I liked it better than I thought I would. And uh, I had not good, seen it good before. To hear. 
I had not seen it before this this viewing. Um, what did he walk out of so, there yeah. with? So I, well, how much did he walk out of the the place with? Did they calculate it? Um, but it didn't say sixty five thousand dollars times okay, half a million half a million dollars, I think something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, he had he bought he bought like sixty five thousand, sixty four thousand. It would depend that they never show you what the odds were on that eight. horse. But yeah, it dropped eight. It dropped eight four to one. one. He would have had, you know, or it was ten to it one. Was eight. Had, okay, so. Yeah. Oh, it was eight to one. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so half a million. So, that's, so he's he's yeah. I mean, that's, he, he he's turned still broke. He's still broke though. <laughs> he's still broke. <laughs> he turned fifty but fifty dollars into five hundred thousand dollars. You know, that's that's, that's a good most, Never small small thing. There's no actor a very in the movie. Good day. What was that, Tom? No, I just said he's having a very good day. Very good day. Film. There's no actor in the movie that a slight when you have a slice of the life movie, the way you ruin it is by a supporting character or someone that you don't believe is in this little slice of life world that's being shown. And no one takes you out of this. The casting is spot on and Dreyfus just carries the movie. So sure does. Uh, I, you know, I think it's, I think I would like it better on a second viewing, catching even more stuff. I just, I, I early on, I was like, God, this is not funny. This is not funny at all. And then I'm like, oh, this, maybe there's more to this. Maybe this is like a betters uh, elegy or whatever. And that's how I felt when it was over. I was like, okay, they're trying to show you what it's like to be a gambler and all the, the idiosyncrasies that come with it. I just want the backstory of why well, Dreyfus so- came back to earth just so he could win fifty five hundred thousand dollars at a at a you know maybe he's buying the aliens Dude, dinner how, <laughs> here, here's a trivia question how many how many movies does Dreyfus play the character of Matt Hooper in every movie he's ever made <laughs> no Stevie do you know uh, Being I horror, do. horror aficionado uh, without looking it up I can honestly say I don't know other than one. It's two. He was in, he reprised the role of Matt Hooper in Piranha 3D. Oh. Was he, was he actually Matt see. Hooper? Yes. Oh. That's what he's credited oh, as. In it. <laughs> wow. Did you see that? Anybody no. see that? I'm sure I did. I saw it. Yeah, it was okay. About 10 years ago. I mean, I don't. I just I think it's funny that they someone got him to do a yeah. cameo in that shit movie and then put Matt Hooper as the credit. That's great. Maybe it's just great <laughs> to me. Uh, so you didn't you didn't like the movie? Which movie? Piranha 3D. <laughs> I didn't see it. So why are you calling it a shit movie? Well. It was, I'm going by the ratings given to it by others. Oh, okay. I have not well, seen Piranha 3D, but the consensus is that movie's shit. Well, you know. What do you think about that movie? It's mediocre. It's forgettable. It's not, it's not, great. It's not great, but I mean, it's it's not it's ni- shit. It's 90 minutes of... That you'll never get back. Oh, they're saying it's, 3D. A, it's a fun B movie. I might be wrong here. Well, there's a lot of stars in this movie. Holy shit. <clears throat> Alexandra Ah directed it too. This movie's got some legs. Alexandra Asia. Whatever. Okay. Uh, Liz- Elizabeth Shue, Kerry O'Connell, Bing Rames, Dina Meyer. Holy yep. shit. Christopher Lloyd's in this movie? Yeah. I got to see this movie. 
I'm excited about Piranha 3D. And I think that's where we will let it ride. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and spending some time with us. Oh man, it was so much fun. I want to thank you, Hassan and Steve and Lay and Cinemental. It was it was a blast. So I'd love to do it again. I hope sure. you put uh, chocolate you ground for, for the next movie. Do you want to? Do you want to say something about your uh, your other show? Uh, I do a podcast with my partner Frank Mangarelli on the James Bond films. Uh, it's on podcastingthemsoftly.com. It's also on Facebook. Huh. And we've gone through chronologically all the james bond films are up to quantum of Sol- solace so uh wow. new james, the new bond film will be out later this year no time to die looking forward to that and we'll see what happens so thank you um, what's your favorite me what's your favorite james bond movie uh interesting question my favorite is tied, <laughs> depending on the day i'll say from rush with love our Majesty's secret service and casino royale 2006 wow those are in my top five tom hey. absolutely what would you say steve you're, oh, you're my, my my favorite James Bond film? Yes. All right. So this is tough because I, I, I feel that the James Bonds, especially the Roger or the Roger, uh, the, the, the Daniel Craig James Bond films are so different from almost all the other James Bond films, even though you have different actors and, you know, you can go through and pick your favorite by each actor or whatever. But I think that the Daniel Craig James Bond films stand so distinctly differently because they're done in such more of a modern style it's hard for me to hold those against movies that were done 30 years or 40 years prior to them fair and i know that sounds like a cop-out uh my the move the james bond film that i love watching over and over again more than any other is skyfall i i i it's it's yeah, it's probably a typical response, but I that movie for me is that's just, a good one. Is just such mm-hmm. a it's just such a great movie, start to finish. And there's so much there's so much more about the character in that movie than in a lot of other James Bond films. Oh, of so it's course, more yeah. focused clearly about him. Daniel Craig's brilliant in the role. Sean Connery will always be top James Bond to me, but I love Daniel Craig in the role. Sorry to see him go. I'm sorry to see him age, but this will be his last one. Beyond that, I would say probably just because of where it lands when I saw it and how old I was when I saw it, um, Diamonds Are Forever always holds a very specific place um, for me. Um, And the Roger Moore films were the ones that came out, obviously, when I was in my my movie-going age so you know i i i'm i'm not really sure even how many times i saw moonraker in the theater but it was a bunch uh just because that it was just and i know i know but that one's my favorite moonraker yeah i just it's one of the it it, it hit at the time when i was going to movies with my friends and we were alone and we would go to movies by ourselves and it's just you know it was james bond in space i mean come on It's uh, quick, quick awesome. aside about Diamonds Are Forever. I saw it. I was young. I, I don't know, 11 or 12. And uh, I saw it at the Cavernous Woodfield Theater. You guys oh, remember sure. that? Probably oh, yeah. That, that was our home. It base. was huge. And it was it was packed. I don't know. If, did it fit 1200 people, 1000 people? It was, it was a lot of people. Theater. And when Sean Connery walked out, the place went fucking crazy. And it's like, he was, a, he was the coolest man in the world to me at that time. And kind of <laughs> kind of started the whole Bond fandom for me since then. Right on. Worst one, Tom. Worst Bond movie. Uh, View to a Kill. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
good good soundtrack. I don't know. Octopussy is song. pretty bad. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. I think I was my bottom two was on. Those are yeah. I'd two. say probably Octopussy for me. Tomorrow yeah, never good. dies is just absolute garbage. There's nothing. Good. <sighs> I like all the Pierce Brosnan ones. I do too. Underrated Bond, but Hassan, Actually, what's your favorite? Go ahead. My favorite. Well, like I said, Roomraker, but that's that's a that's fanciful association of just when I saw it and you know who I saw it with and whatever. Um, this is gonna get me shot. Um, no. I really like The Living Daylights. I like uh, I like Dalton's first movie. I like Timothy Dalton. Sure, that's a great soundtrack. His score for that is like one of the best. It's really, yeah. really moves, and was- it's one of the it's one of the because I because we spent oh my god i can't speak it's driving me crazy because we spent so much time coming off of uh roger moore who was basically a you know a brick wall uh emotionally (laughs) um the one or two times that that timothy dalton actually got angry in the living daylights like the the scene where the guy gets killed by the sliding door his uh yeah, yeah. his informant his gets killed by the sliding door which is the most elaborate way to fucking kill someone <laughs> i've ever seen if someone <laughs> rings the sliding door to kill you Not know very practical yeah and he's just he's livid like he's literally you could see him seething you know and he's so he's so seizing seething that he pops a balloon like, yes, he does. Yeah. He pops up. Um, and then in the in I I really like the way they introduced him in the oh, beginning yeah. with, a, with the double. I think double oh nine because double oh nine always is the one that gets killed. There's always like a double oh nine or double oh double oh six that that gets heinously murdered. And so the guy goes off the falls, and Dalton, you know, does his turnaround and reveals himself, you know, this yeah. is the new bond. It was a great and reveal. He's, and he's, he's, you know, again, he's livid. He spent most of that movie being pissed off, you know, that, that things True. are going on. That's one of the best opening scenes in any bond movie by it far. Is. <clears throat> yeah. But I do think I do. I, I like all the Pierce Brodson films. Um, but I do think I got to go with the Casino Royale as my favorite the the first uh, Daniel Craig film, because it's just a completely different, monster um i usually com- I, I usually pair them both uh casino royale and uh, quantum of solace just because they're it, that's probably the most direct bond sequel we've ever gotten where it Absolutely. takes place like f- literally five minutes after um <laughs> casino royale and a lot of people don't like quantum of solace but that's one of them i i, I enjoy the two of them as a yes. as a you know as a unit so I think that yeah. may be the Bond film I've seen second to most behind Skyfall is Quantum of Solace. I, for some reason, I've caught that movie a lot of times on cable. It makes no sense, really, because it takes place very shortly after after uh, Casino Royale. Right. And Felix Leiter is, uh, is undercover in Casino Royale. And then five minutes later, he's this grizzled... You know, uh, he's you know, the, you know, weary agent who's been posted in Nicaragua or wherever that you know, whatever. Don't whatever think too point. deep, Hassan. Being I, a spy, where's there's 90%. no way I cannot think too deep, Steve. That's ninety percent <laughs> of my problem with everything. So, I mean, like I said, it's one of my favorites. You just kind of have to ignore it, but it like that is one thing that doesn't miss. Like, how the hell did he get there so fast? He got there so fast, and he that that it seems like he was there for ten years, and he's miserable. You know, like, but he could only have honestly been there for 
right. a month before Bond showed up. The other but. the other one I really like is uh, is Brosnan's first is Goldeneye, and, and I'll tell you why. Goldeneye <clears> is <throat> very good. When I first saw the trailer for that, uh, there's a scene in that movie that so personified my thoughts of who James Bond was that it instantly cemented him as a great James Bond. And it's the scene where it's during the opening and he's by the barrels and it's, they're shooting at him from, from random directions and he's sitting there and the bullet hits like a few inches away from his head. And he just goes like, he's just annoyed. He's not, yeah. yeah. He's, he's just like, yeah. I don't want to get a spark in my eye, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like, but I'm like, that's just, that's James Bond. Super like, cool. Yeah. That is that's so super, James Bond. That's right up there with uh what is it the skyfall where he comes to the roof of the train and he fixes his cufflink yeah yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> it's like i mean it's a it's a spectacle it's a purposeful spectacle but sometimes you're like yeah hot damn you know <laughs> that's that's a good scene that's that why works. we're here that's yeah. why we're in this movie theater <laughs> the only thing i didn't like about skyfall is that is that um casino royale and and quantum of solace we're you know we're very much pushing the angle that he was a new agent he was a young agent and so by the, i i because it's bond because of the 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 genre of bond they don't tell you how much time has passed you're right. just meant to assume that not you only has it probably been a decade but it's been a hard decade because of the way this guy you know runs people down so but it it is almost abrupt that he suddenly like they're talking yeah. about, he's got, uh, you know, he, he's he's got arthritis in one of his wrists, and you know something. Else. So that's one of my biggest you know. complaints about Skyfall too. I agree, it kind of went changes the tone and the direction somewhat in terms of the character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Thank it's a for, good movie. It's a great film. Oh, it is a good and, movie, and I'm happy that it was a monster hit for Daniel Craig. I mean, it was. It's probably it's it's probably one of the biggest Bond movies. Oh, it is. It made over a billion dollars. Yeah. It's yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And the and the big Bond movie before that was um was Die Another Day, which I right. remember that was a huge hit. Six hundred million. Yeah. Box office. Yeah. So, um, which which that's one of my problems with the Daniel Craig films at before I had seen any of them was like why are they kicking Brosnan? Just had his biggest, you know, you know, <laughs> biggest box office yet. And uh, and then then I watched uh, Casino Royale. I was like, "Oh, that's why." I I get it. (laughs) I didn't like Spectrum, the Spectre, Spectre, whatever. Didn't like that too much. And I love Christoph Waltz. So it just it makes the reason that movie doesn't doesn't do anything for me makes no sense to me. It's it's a it's completely it's completely baffling to me. He's a wasted character, unfortunately. Blofeld, Christoph Waltz was wasted in that film, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so was uh, Javier Bandem. You know, I mean, I, I like him, but he was his nah, he was, he was so kid. esoteric that it just didn't work for me at all, that that character. Um, and then there's there's a weird, you know, like if you, you talk about the uh, helicopter in the in the tunnel, Steve, <laughs> just how <laughs> he planned how he planned that train to come through this the, the ceiling in skyfall right like you know like oh come on guys like you know i get it i'm all right with it i'm not gonna i'm still eating my popcorn everything's fine but <laughs> but you guys come on now you know you know what you did you 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 know <laughs> you who know you are you, you know what you did um so yeah it's got to be uh casino royale and quantum of solace that was, that was the that was when the whole thing was brand new and exciting and you know we were getting a whole yep. new bond you know kind of situation so 
a whole new but i really bond. haven't met a bond movie that i didn't like to right. be honest with you have you we know? all seen them all all four of us have seen all of them right i have not seen them all i wow. i there there is a significant chunk of connery movies i have oh. not seen oh Ooh, do yourself the favor yeah well uh, here's the thing on, you might have to pick one i had a i have i had up until the day she died a rivalry with my mother that that roger moore was better than sean uh. connery and it's only because Roger Moore was my James Bond and Sean Connery was hers. Right, so right. It's, it's just a tribalism thing. It has nothing to do with the truth, you know, <laughs> because I've seen I've seen all the Roger Moore movies and they just get progressively worse, you know, as they, they go on. Oh, For you Your know? Eyes Only is a really good Bond movie. For That's- Your Eyes Only is 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 a good movie. I do That's like that movie. Best action scenes of any Bond movie in it by far. I mean, they're just. You know, and then, then you then you go right to Octopussy, where he's coming down the, <sighs> the you know the the stairs with a AK forty seven. He's yeah. sliding down the stairs. Roger Moore, I like I like Spy Who Loved Me and Live and Let Die. Those are my uh, those are my two Roger yeah, Moore. Those, I like those are good movies. And nobody still knows what the uh, Abaya Delicatessen means. <laughs> nobody knows what that <laughs> means. Nobody right. knows what that means. Abaya Delicatessen steel. with stainless steel. <laughs> What is that from? I forgot we talked about it's the from, helicopter. Uh, for your, for your eyes, eyes only. only. The yeah. title sequence. Oh, yeah. Right? Wait, supposedly saying? he kills Blofeld. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just strange. Yeah. Oh, bio delicatessen with stainless steel. That's one of those situations where I went back to the movie as an adult just to watch <laughs> that scene again. Because I'm like, I know I heard that wrong. And, it's, <laughs> and I listened to it and I'm like, no, they did say a delicate That's exactly what they said. How do you Damn offer it. to buy someone a delicate death? <laughs> That's funny. I wish someone would buy me a delicate you know, right. with stainless steel. But anyway. Um, well, so, Tom, I, thank you so much again. <laughs> thank you. We guys should have done a Dane James Bond episode. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> But I love the two movies that we did get to see. Awesome. I really didn't enjoy that. We need to bring Tom and Raymond on, obviously, because that would be the The James Bond extravaganza. That would be pretty have have them school us on the the, the ins and outs of James Bond. We'll be be like the three infidels of James Bond speaking to the masters of James Bond. Now, explain to me why Moonraker isn't one of the greatest movies that was ever made. (laughs) You have Jaws. Stop hitting me. My mom took me to see Moonraker because it was in outer space. She was like, that'll shut him up. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, and then I thought James Bond was a space, you know, was a sci-fi a series, hero, you right? know? <laughs> so my, she's, me, she tells me, oh, your uncle saw that James Bond movie, you know, a couple of years ago, but it hadn't, it didn't have any space in it. I was like, what? 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 what he is, hadn't, he what? hadn't gone to space? <laughs> yeah. What good is, what good is this? He's got a boat that turns into a glider. What could be better than this? Sorry. <laughs> that's okay tom thank you thank you very much pleasure to meet you and uh you're you're more than welcome to come back yeah, absolutely. we'll uh, we'll uh we'll have you back on again you can pick two uh two other movies to assail us with my pleasure thank you guys all right make make them james mom movies oh I shall. Okay. yeah right <laughs> the best and the worst yeah so thanks to Fez. and then let us decide which is the best and the worst and yeah see if right, we're right or right. wrong 
We'll, we'll just pick our best. We'll all pick our best and worst and, and argue for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all the poster images we normally discuss on our Down the Tube segment. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Lathan Conger III, Tom Zielinski, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening, as always, in the words of our friend and racetrack betting engineer, Truman Verbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>